What is Hello? good, everyone? My name is Josh, aka G Brownie, and with us we got your boy Young Beezy. Young Beezy. I've never heard anyone call him that, by the way. That was out of complete blue, nowhere. His name's EJ, yeah. and we are here with a Modality Gaming Podcast, and I figured I'd kind of offer an explanation to how th- how this came about what really drove me to start this initiative and it really came from an idea before i talk about my background i want to talk about my view on esports and gaming as an industry and that feels kind of like a stranglehold in terms of accessibility and content there's a very widespread view of gaming gaming culture it's very easy to access but it's not perceived easy you have a lot of people, I know I have a friend at work, for example, comes home from a you know, long day at work. He says he's not a gamer. You know, he would describe himself as not a gamer, but every day he comes home and plays like Call of Duty, Warzone. So there's definitely a perceived separation of gaming in the actual field. So me personally, I was born and raised Virginia Beach, went to school at JMU, ended up graduating, moving here to Baltimore. I currently work in sales for cybersecurity and gaming's been part of my entire life. Three years old, Sega Genesis, Sonic and Tails mm. with my brother. What do you say? Oh fuck. Yeah, we, we go we go deep. And I'm I'd be shocked if we still had that Genesis. Um, that was a long time ago. But really cognitively knowing what I'm doing and not being a three year old, I actually recall my first time playing the GameCube, picking up Mario Sunshine being like, oh my god, I can go in all directions. Forward, back, left, right. But playing at such a young age when your brain is so malleable really leaves an impression on you. And I feel that's also part of what makes you like good at video games. But, you know, I started playing Sunshine, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, the GOAT game, and then there's just so many others. You know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, um, if you're hip, Pikmin, if you know, you know. And Really, the GameCube was my defining... It was really a lot of what I did, what I played. And I think there were a lot of pros and cons to growing up around video games so closely early. Pros being, of course, being attached to something and really stimulating your brain. Gaming was also kind of a social thing. I swear, we had, like... I had six of my friends over one time, all of us, like a sleepover, come home from Fuddruckers and just watch the ending to Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. Like, that was, like, our cinematic peak. Like, sh- yeah, shed more tears than, like, watching Endgame. Yeah. EJ, like, you could tell. Just the ending? Well, well, you know, like, you'd watch us play, like, the final story. Okay, I was but, about to say. Yeah. No, these were, like, defining moments. And for me, I've always viewed it as having a positive impact on me. Of course, at the same time, you know, the social development is very important, as well as really limiting the, limiting the reward you get, you know? With, with gaming... It, you, it's really easy to just constantly reward yourself by playing a long period of time without stopping. So <laughs> that was definitely a challenge. And I feel as I grew up, though, gaming in generally had a really big impact on what I did. It's part of my competitive nature, right? So now I'm in sales for cybersecurity. I partially have gaming thanks to that because gaming early really showed me, you know, you work hard in improvement. That was really my first sense of what improvement in anything was, was playing and learning, actually learning from what I did, 
It's a very similar discipline to sports. So I was also a runner. I was competitive track and field. So I was a big fan of stamina and learning from small, small incremental changes. So game, I've always grew up with games. Games are part of my life. Uh, you know, today I play a lot of Super Smash Brothers, League of Legends, casually with friends, you know, I'll literally pick up anything in front of me. I'm a big fan of Halo back in the day as well. So I've definitely always had a passion and very I'm a very competitive person and very excited to see where esports go in general. And I started this initiative because first of all, I was told I had a radio voice and no, it wasn't followed by you have a face for radio because you know, that's a roast. If you ever hear that, um, they're saying you're ugly and I'm gorgeous. So that's not true. Um, but also, wait, EJ, you say something, huh? Oh no, I'm getting no, uh, no. Oh, no. I, I could have heard just like a tiny noise. Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, I was I've always wanted to kind of have an output, and I also really enjoy talking with people and really picking someone's brain. I mean, not just being in sales, but I I love listening and hearing people's perspective in a full unbiased setting really letting people talk. And that's a big part of what this podcast will be is interviews with people in the gaming space slash gaming culture that have at least, it doesn't have to be paid, but found an opportunity or a way to express their passion. And you, most of the time it won't be because they're just good. How many times have you felt isolated? I know I have all the time felt isolated from a game or an industry just because someone is too good or that the entry level, the, the ceiling's too high. The idea all here, the, what do you say, EJ? All the fucking time, dude. I swear to yeah. God. Yeah, like, I bet you can think of an example right now. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm i really fucking nervous to get into traditional fighters because, like, we, everybody's going to kick my fucking ass, you know, if I just go in raw. I'm, I'm a big fan of Smash, and I'm also intimidated by Street Fighter putting million inputs. You know, if you just you go on YouTube and search... Even if you're not into fighting games, if you go on YouTube search Evo 2004, uh, what was it, EJ? Street Fighter 3? I think it was, like, Evo moment, like, 37, where some insane shit fucking happened. Like, an insane yeah. technical input. It was, it was apparently the most impressive thing done in video games, period. It was, like, someone who had a tiny health bar, and then it got mashed. And then, like, they just did an input and completely reversed it on the person who had full health bar. So... That, yeah, the field, it's definitely, from an outside lens, a huge skill gap. So what we'd like to do, EJ and I, by opening up this discussion and bringing realization and insights, hopefully by the end of each episode, you guys can understand a new avenue in video games and gaming. And you're probably also wondering why it's called Modality Podcast. You're probably expecting some deep, insightful story uh, that came together through months of small events and then some arc happening. Not really. My boss came up to me one time because this was right when I started my new job in cybersecurity. And what we sell is an online platform that allows learning, but in different ways, right? Most people, you can go on YouTube and watch a video, watch an instructor, but you know, the platform we sell also does hands-on labs. So more hands-on experience learning by doing. Some people learn by failing a bunch of times through assessments. You know, I, that's how I learned a lot in school is taking a failing a Quizlet, but not actually studying. No one actually studied, but taking a Quizlet a bunch of times and failing. 
That's called the multiple modality approach, having multiple ways of doing things. So right now, the perception with the gaming industry is that there's one branch, which is actually playing and being good at the game. NFL, you there's ways to get involved with professional you know, football without being the football player. You could be a team promoter, you could be a team marketer, you could be a coach. Yeah. There's there's entire brands, you know, that the the brands right the Ravens, shout out to Baltimore Ravens, could be an intern there for social media, you know. I mean that's just one arc. So my idea is modality gaming really you're not gonna bring you're not gonna force gaming into the mainstream, but you can explore the avenues that are actually being created right now. It's like a it's like a unwoken beast, right? It's a very large market in the future. So I thought I'd throw it over to EJ a bit and kind of let him introduce himself as well. Yeah. Uh, it's me, EJ. You can call me Bees. Uh, that is I, a, that's a real nickname, by the way. Bees, yeah, Bees is a real name. Yep. Uh, I haven't called Bees in public, and I was shocked when that happened. But it, How did you come up with Bees? Or Thousand uh, Bees. A thousand Bees, right? B-movie. Honestly, the answer is B-movie in middle school. What what about been, the what about the bee movies? Talk with you. It's just it's just a funny movie, dude. It's a funny movie about bees, funny little fellas, little fuzzy fellas. It is Seinfeld at his peak. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I was a country boy until I moved from Georgia to Virginia Beach. We're in Georgia. Uh, uh, like the deepest part, like literally on the Georgia Florida line. It it was psychotic. You were right on the and, Georgia Florida line. Yeah, I was like. If I wanted to, I could walk for 10 minutes and enter Florida. That's where I was at. Do you happen to be near Cumberland Island when you were there? Uh, I was not. Okay. I know I did a spring, I did a service spring break trip there and that was at the border. But anyway. Was it fun? Uh, well, we were just cutting grass. Um, oh, that, that sucks, dude. Yeah, but it was, it was a camping trip. I, I knew what I was getting myself into. Oh, also that trip, this was uh, March of 2020 and we had no internet connection. Or, like, oh, I had no service the entire week. So, imagine going on your trip and then coming back and learning everything about COVID. <laughs> it was just, like, all nice. at once. Like, I was, like, asked my friends, like, did I miss anything? They're, like, no. Not a single thing. You're back from the fucking inside. Yeah. You're, like, a prisoner who just got released. Yep. Man. But, uh, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big gamer kind of guy. Big gamer. Nasty gamer, you know. I play uh, play a lot of Smash, and uh, I do like a lot of tabletop stuff. Like I do like playing card games over the table in person, and I do very much enjoy a good old time of D and D. You know, D and D mostly DM. That's that's something I never really got into. Um, what do you like a lot about D and D? What draws you to it? Uh, I personally just really enjoy making a setting. And then having people interact with that setting, you know? Like, if I can get my players to, on their own, want to interact with the stuff that I create, then I feel like I have done my job. Does it take a lot of creative juices? Or are you do the sets supply you with, like, the characters? I mean... Or the NPCs? I, you don't need to be a creative to DM, is my take. Like, anybody can do it if really? you want to. Yeah, there's not really a barrier of entry aside from just wanting to do it and uh, being able to take feedback. And then if you can do that, then you're good to go. But being able to uh, 
think quickly in improv is probably a very important skill to DM and would be very helpful if you could do that a little bit. That's interesting because it's not really like, because it's not like a video game where there's like a very strict code that says whether you succeed or not. It's really yeah. a complete social construct. Oh, yeah. Game. If I'm a player and they say something that is very cool, but completely against all the rules, I, I'd say, yeah, go for it, dude. Do it anyway. Let's see what happens. And uh, it, gets, it gets a little stupid. It's a little silly. I, I, I feel, well, I feel like the biggest challenge, not necessarily a stupid challenge, but you have to keep the universe consistent, right? Uh, you... <laughs> like, you, you can't break canon, you know? If you have a friend I mean, playing D&D, &D, he th yeah, then he throws, like, you know, he, I don't know, destroys a power line. I don't know if it's medieval or not. Destroys a power line, then the next episode, the power's magically up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of hard, but, like, your players will give you some uh, some leeway. Like, they won't get super pissed at you for doing that. Now, Unless I'm... it fucks with their characters. In that case, then they will get mad. I'm curious if your D&D &D skills has to do with that nickname you gave you said to give yourself so you just introduced the podcast you're a thousand bees so if anyone ever sees a thousand bees winning tournaments and you know getting all the babes that's you but yeah what is you said another nickname that you still haven't explained to me you said you'd wait till the podcast and that's the dual cast the dual kaiser oh, oh man the dual kaiser dude oh my god dude back in the day i was a fucking menace in the Yu-Gi-Oh community dude i won a uh a, like a tournament uh when i was like 13 or 14 and i earned the title dual kaiser we had this league thing going on where it's just a score of like 20 or 25 Yu-Gi-Oh players entered this league uh then once a month there'd be a big tournament to see who could challenge the current dual kaiser to a title game and i won the tournament and then i went on to defeat the current dual kaiser and i won that title and i held it for two months <laughs> Wait, is Dual Kaiser just a one v one? Is it so? Yu Gi Oh is just one v one, so it's like essentially like it was a bracket, and then whoever yeah. won the bracket would become Dual Kaiser. Yes. Is that a phrase from Yu Gi Oh? I've never really played Yu Gi Oh. Not at all. No, it's not from Yu Gi Oh at all. It's complete original. Yeah. And you didn't come and up with it. No. It was just a badass Dude. name. Yeah, and like it was some stiff competition too. Like we had some guys who like top aided. Yu-Gi-Oh! National Tournaments there, too. It was, like, not... It was not a gimme, you know? You worked for that. Did, did you want to stick with competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Or did, did that not vibe for you? Or did you not want I, to pursue that? I enjoyed Yu-Gi-Oh! Until, uh, until they ruined the game. And then I stopped enjoying Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's when they did a rule shift in, like, 2016 what? or 2017. It was, like, when Pendulums entered the game. Or Link's. Yeah, when Lee entered the game, I don't, and, uh, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what pendulums are, but you know that you know that's EJ. Don't pull that shit. Everyone that quits a the game, they're saying, "Oh, that game, game went to shit." Can't you just humbly say, "I left"? Or, no, okay. Like Hearthstone type stuff. No, like... let, let, me, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. So the deck that I used was a synchro spam deck, where you spam special summons from the extra deck, and they had oh, a I'm, change. I'm trying to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, I would special summon from the extra deck like three or four times a turn, and that was the strategy of my deck. And they changed the rules where you could only special summon one monster from your extra deck at all, like completely. So your gimmick and, died. 
my gimmick was literally removed from the game. Your one trick pony. So you're a one trick pony. Well, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yes, but they did recently overturn that rules change. So now the game's good again, but I haven't played it in six years, and I don't want to get back in again. <laughs> just when they thought, just when I thought I was out, they bring me back in. They got me back in. <laughs> well, I'm glad you escaped that because I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh's for nerds, obviously. Super lame. hashtag lame. I mean, we have a friend who plays Yu-Gi-Oh. We're not going to bring up his name because then everyone will just call him a nerd, right? EJ. Yeah, yeah. I will never. Well, EJ, my question to you is what. You know, you talked that you were a gamer growing up. Now you're you're in Virginia Beach still, right? Yeah. But what's your favorite game of all time? If if, there's, someone, if there's one thing someone can know about you, about knowing your favorite game. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee by a lot. Melee by a lot. Yeah. What's the beauty of me- of Smash Melee? Why why is this the golden crown jewel for that, that you view, a lot of people view similarly? Like, why is this viewed as such of a, a gem of a game? I mean, for me personally, you got Jigglypuff in the game, and that's enough for me. Um, actually, Puff is in all five Smash games, EJ, so that's invalid. Yeah, but like, but it's Melee Puff, dude. Have you ever played Melee Puff? Oh my god, it's so fun. It feels good. It feels good. I'll say that much. What What do you really, but seriously though, what do you think dra- drags, create, puts Melee in this king spot of all video games? Why is it the I pinnacle mean, fighting game? It's just... There's so much depth to it that you're always working on something when you pick up a controller, you know? For those, it never feels like I'm wasting time when I'm playing the game. For those that don't know, Smash Brothers Melee, I mean, if you're in the scene, you'd be living under a rock to not know. Smash Melee, second game by Nintendo that brings all the characters together to fight. And Melee, over way over 20 years, actually, I think it's the 20th anniversary this year, right? Uh, yeah, it's turn 20. There's still massive tournaments for a, a Nintendo GameCube launch title. I believe it's a launch title, or that year. Massive tournaments. Huge scene still. Money. There's money, right? We'll talk money later, but there's lots of interest still. I, imagine, you know, picking up a game and it's still being relevant 20 years later. Uh, but I guess that's when you can make the comparison to sports with the same rules, right? But but yeah. Melee, Melee has the fundamental rules people like. It has the physics people like. Melee, Melee is just, I, for a lot of people, it feels like, I think the reason, ironically, why it's so popular is because it's really hard to get good at it. I think people found it very interesting when there's this Nintendo game for kids that people realize, wow, if you spend a lot of time getting good at this, you can be better than everyone else. Yeah. Which is pretty insane. Um, but I have to say... In terms of my favorite game of all time, that's going to be a really rough one because uh, the because it, it's hard to define best and favorite, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I I've embraced this fully because this is like the one Sonic game you'll play and won't get roasted oh. because everyone grew up with this game. Every single person you know who's already grew up with this game, Sonic Adventure Two. Yeah. As some people know it as Sonic Adventure Two Battle. This was Fantastic. a beauty, right? Like everyone knows Sonic the Hedgehog grew up with it. Some, you know, some people from the older crowd might remember when he first came out in Genesis. A lot of people say he fall off when he went 3D, but no. I want to say the actual peaks Sonic in terms of like gameplay, storytelling, 
Adventure 2. Yes. All the way. 100%. It's a work of art. But the best part is the audio syncing, the, some of the dialogue, it's cheesy and it's stupid. And we love it. But it's just the right amount. Just like the Tommy Wiseau's The Room. It, it works, but it's not. But the gameplay itself isn't bad. I think it... You want a Sonic story to be stupid, you know? You want yeah. it to be, like, serious at points, but also kind of stupid. You want things to make fun of, but then you want the gameplay to be great, which I think it is. It is. Even the mech parts. I think the, the mech parts are... It's not Sonic, but it's good. Same with, yeah. like, the... the uh, don't get me started on the Knuckles wraps, man. The that, that is, that's very good. All of the video games are very good. In fact, I'd go so far as to say Sonic Adventure 2 is the Citizen Kane of all video games. And what makes you say it's the Citizen Kane? It's just, it's just the best one. Just good, or is Citizen it, Kane? Is Citizen Kane viewed as the best film of all time? Yes. Isn't that the Godfather? What? People, don't people say Godfather is like the best? No, film? no, dude. Godfather fucking sucks. Godfather, so I, I, I'm yeah. sure someone will have something to say about that, but I've never seen the Godfather, and someone's also gonna say something about that. So. I love how it's a podcast of one guy that hasn't seen The Godfather, the other that hates it. So it's just someone screaming at the their phone or computer right now. Um, yeah. But I I agree. I that movie. Well, yeah. well, I agree. I I, th I think it's Sonic's great, and, and I I think you have to keep in mind though, unlike the Citizen Kane example, you have to uh, really appreciate the flaws of a game like Sonic Adventure Two, and we are also flooded with nostalgia. But it came out at the perfect time, where you have this huge generation all buying the same game. And it, it, it's, it's hilarious. It's amazing. I will say, I brought up the Knuckles wraps. Um, those Knuckles wraps are kind of... Uh, that, that's kind of done for me now. Because if you look up... Really? Have, do you know the controversy with P. Hunted? The guy that, did, that actually did the wraps? No, what happened? So Sega, you know, Sega wanted to hire an American rapper to do the songs for all the Knuckles levels. And he did. And then he kind of fell off and didn't really do much. But recently... Um, who is the the YouTuber again? The one that makes the Sonic music. Um, um so it's um, I forgot her name, uh, and I'll bring it up later when I remember. But she makes a lot of like online like fan stuff for Sonic, and she uh, she brought them together. He was like, "Yo," she's like, "Let's do a song." So they, he actually came out with like a new like Sonic inspired song in 2017, and collabed with this girl. But then came out like a year later. Where, like, the guys, like, demand... Apparently, he, like, was verbally abusing her, demanding to pay for the project, and started going crazy, and, like, making her uncomfortable. And then, last year, 100P came out on Twitter, and because he was probably bored and wanted attention, and said, Yeah, man, Sega never paid me in 2001 for this project, and I'm just gonna bring it up now. Damn. <laughs> yeah, well, he, what'd he say? What, damn, dude. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous, but, but it, that didn't actually happen. It's just him being crazy. Like, Sega paid him. Like, there, there's a lot of uh, evidence that says the contrary. But not to get ahead of ourselves, but there's, like, you know, there's going to be imperfections about games. But, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely the GOAT. But I think the other favorite game could be League of Legends. And I think it's there's the right reasons and wrong reasons. Oh, no. I think the reason I put that high is because I probably invested the most time in this game. And it yeah. really brought out my competitive side. And weirdly enough... It's taught me a lot of lessons. That game's taught me like how to deal with people, how to deal with people that aren't willing to collaborate. It's taught me about persistency and getting results from stopping and looking at what's going wrong rather than just trying to repeat the same process, right? That doesn't work. Like that game, yeah. I, you can learn that in a lot of fields, but for those that don't know, I mean, 
I think a lot of people have heard of the league but don't know what it is. It's like a 5v5 battle arena where you control one character, but you have to rely on your four other teammates because it's a team game. So just the, just the very concept of you're this anonymous person online working with four other anonymous people towards a similar goal, you're going to run into a lot of human conflict, right? People like getting mad at you for not doing certain things. But at the same time, that game, you know, it really helped me grow in terms of that competitive aspect, you know, working together. Um, it also has brought me together with some of my closest friends in ninth grade who I still talk to today. So if you can't tell already, I love competitive games and <laughs> that's what I value a lot. That's a big part of why, you know, we're starting this. And one thing I want to cover for you guys, I want to go through it with just a quick list. This is was just off the top of my head of areas and careers and opportunities you can get into for the gaming industry without actually being good at the game. Shocker. Um, one of them, content creation. If you told me 10 years ago that you could be a 16-year-old kid who's not even good, just recording himself playing Call of Duty, posting it on YouTube like every day, and that he'd be making more money in a year than I do right now, or, you know, you'd be making a good living, I wouldn't believe you. Like, the, the new age of supply and demand being direct allows people to see exactly what they want. And if someone wants to see a kid play a video game to learn to get better or just get entertained, it's going to happen. That Right now, there's more opportunity than we ever had in our life, which is super exciting. But a large majority of where the eyes are with you know, esports, gaming, is the social space, TikTok, YouTube, you know, Instagram, these live, live, live streaming. Twitch has blown up and has expanded past gaming, but it started and still is a gaming platform because there's so much supply. And I think the challenge, though, of course, is if you want to make it big on Twitch, you either have to be very, very good, like top 0.01%, and be consistent. Like, in League of Legends, the top 0.01% of players are called the challenger players. And there's some challenger players that stream and still only get three views. Yeah. Because you, you have to have a good combination of, of maybe a skill, but also really stand out. There's also Trick2G. I love the guy. I've played with him before. If you go on YouTube, he's like over a million subscribers. He's not the, like, he's good at the game, but he's not like, you know, he's like the top 1%. He's like in the diamond tier, which sounds good. But there's such a very small margin of what actually makes good worth watching. If you had the choice between getting, getting coaching, like in that, like if you're a football player, getting coaching by, uh, I don't know, literally anyone, like um, Tom Brady. If you wanted to get coaching from Tom Brady or get coaching by like um, an amateur who's good, better than most football players, but still an amateur, you're gonna pick Tom Brady, right? I, I well actually. I'm going to disagree with this. I'd pick the amateur just because the only advice Tom Brady could give me is how to kiss my son very deeply, and I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, well, after he kisses sons, he gets rings for his team. But I you're mean, right. That's not a good package deal. I, I personally don't want to have to kiss my son very intimately to, to get what I want. You're right. That, oh you know, gosh, Josh. Huh? I'm getting a phone call. You're going to phone call? Okay. Okay. He's going to grab a phone call real quick. But content creators, you got to be really good. 
or you got to be entertaining in some way. It, it's its own market. So there is this opportunity, but there's so much background to it and there's so much insight and research, which we'll eventually cover because we're going to, on this podcast, we are going to interview lots of people who have made it through that field or at least in the process. Another area is fan creation and fan art, right? The artistic output of what comes from characters and games and community is massive. That its own. If you're an artist or you make music or you enjoy singing and you enjoy video games but have never found a way to kind of combine the two, super doable. Um, the coaching and training industry, with the rise of esports, right? Different things like, you know, CSGO, Call of Duty, League of Legends. The, the motivation in the market to become better at those games is getting larger because of the awareness. And when there's a bigger need to be better at something, there's going to be a larger market for people to help and coach those people. I personally, earlier this year, did a lot of coaching for pro guides, uh, charging like $15 a session. I never viewed myself as a coach before January 1st, 2020. I made a New Year's resolution to do this. But before this year, I never viewed myself as like a coach figure or someone that was helpful, but just because it just came naturally. People liked hearing what someone kind of good at a game had to say. You could also be a, a coach or mentor in a game without being super good. You know, that's definitely an avenue. I mean, just let's just talk about shoutcasting, shoutcasting, commentating. This isn't just sports. This is all gaming. You have a shoutcasting and commentating community, which is huge because you still need that personality. and especially if you're broadcasting an event. There's the, the list goes on, really. Game journalism. As, as the field grows, you're going to have, if you're a writer, if you enjoy reporting on events, this is an industry that needs eyes on it as it grows. You also need eyes on it for good and bad reasons. As the esports industry grows, and as more deals are made with big sports teams existing right now, you have a growth, you have a market. Now you have a market where you can do a bunch of products. Targeted marketing, you have Red Bull and Geico sponsoring all types of gaming events. Uh, partnerships, you know, you need a sales team if you're, if you're part of a brand for a big esports company, you know, TSM, Cloud9, all have sales teams. Products for promoting streams and games, right? We're gonna have someone on the podcast very soon who actually, he, he uh, runs his own company that actually does it's similar, it's similar to Linktree, but it actually promotes, it actually allows growth and market exposure to your, your viewers. Let's say you have a, a Twitch, you're a streamer for like Call of Duty and you have a Twitch, you have a Snapchat, you have a TikTok and you need a way to show them all. Well, then now here's this Linktree that does that, right? That's just an example of like, if you're someone that like, if you're an entrepreneur or you like to create products or like a software as a service or SaaS, this could be a growing field for you to provide new, new solutions, because with a growing field, you have new problems. Um, now, the biggest problems I see right now in the esports and gaming industry, this has been on my mind for so long. Hello? What's up? You back? Okay. Yeah, phone call's done. Awesome. I was diving into some of the biggest problems right now facing the gaming and esports industry, and Here's here's my one of my biggest problems. The word gaming is cringy and it sucks. Yeah, it's not a very good marketing term. Like it, it sucks <laughs> to hear and be labeled as a gamer and to say that I play games as a hobby. And look, it's okay to yeah, and that's the thing. 
playing games as a hobby itself is fine, but saying it out loud, just the word gaming. Yeah, I, I don't know but... if it, it... EJ, is it because of the ironic movement and people using it ironically that ruined it? Or is the word gaming itself just bad? I think that has everything to do with all of those things. It's a combination of both, all of those, I think. You know? I, like, I'd rather is. tell people that I am a DM for a tabletop group than I would say <laughs> I'm a gamer, you know? Like, at this point. It's like in the middle of a party if someone comes upstairs and catches you in a room uh, and you're just, like, playing a video game and then they all look at you and you look around and you're like, oh, uh, I was having sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I... You know? I get it. And guess what, EJ? You're not alone. I, I really think that there's a problem with the word gaming. Every initiative I've talked, I was doing like a lot of market research on this stuff. A lot of people I've talked to who want to start startups or do something new or interesting, create an app for gamers, whatever, they get stumped because they have to use the word gaming and gamers. And that's oversaturated. It's cringy. I hate saying it and I hate that I have to use it a lot. I wish there yeah. was an alternative. Esports is the only closest thing I could think of, but right now, I think that esports is, huh? It's getting it's getting gamer status. Esports at this point, it's it's inching over there. Oh, in terms of like being overused and cringy. Yeah. Not yet though. It's not as bad yet. I don't. It's think. getting there, but esports also EJ. It ties closely to the idea that it's competitive. Yeah. Like, but when you're just talking about gaming in general, and also the word it's confusing because game. When you say the word game, that also applies to. Uh, hunting, you know, that fair game. That's what it's used for historically. And yeah. casinos. Like, there's really, I think, a big part of what's what's strangleholding, uh, uh, funny enough, like, not even including all the actual issues, is just the verbiage. Talking about it, not that it's cringy, just that it's not even specific enough. Yeah. There's something missing here. Um, I, I, and I hate using the word gaming and gamer, but I'm going to say it a lot more because I have to. And you're all going to suffer through that because I have to, so... It's, it's not fun, but it's a growing field with a lot of large companies signing contracts. Eyes are on it, right? There's, there's eyes on the industry and there's deals being signed, but there's no hard money yet. If you want to make yeah. a really guarantee, it's a big coin. Right now it's an early industry and it's in diapers. Even though it feels like esports have been around for over a decade, which it kind of has, like it started with kind of start with the fighting scene, or I don't know if you're hit to that EJ, but like it kind of start with the fighting scene and then, you know, oh, yeah. I think the 2010, 2011 with DreamHack, all that stuff kind of blew up the MOBA scene. But really, like, I compare it to you, how UFC looked, right? Like 20 or 30 years ago. Right, you know, Conor McGregor, like the fighting scene, um, betting on matches, that's super mainstream. Everyone I know loves that shit. And it's one of the highest viewed events on TV. Especially when, yeah. when Keemstar eventually fights Logan Paul. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, no. I can't fucking wait, dude. I'm getting 50 on Logan Paul. I hope that happens. Um, 50 bucks on Logan Paul, damn. Keemstar is like feral and old. Yeah, he's like elderly. 50. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but the UFC was viewed as, you know, in the 90s, like as a niche, like, you know, this isn't going anywhere. That's kind of ridiculous. You know, just people fighting. And it, and it, it took time to mature. I think gaming will take time to mature because a large, large demographics out there were born before it became... Even those that grew up with Pac-Man in yeah. atari the, the the mindset between video of uh, video games were still very simplistic of it being like a pastime um a, a pastime that didn't have any value socially right oh, i have a i have a pac-man related story yeah for later oh for later all right well, yeah that you, i mean is there i mean you could re if you remember it 
Nah, I mean, it's just about, like, arcade games in general. It's just a story from my dad, where, uh, apparently, like, back in the 80s, there was this pizza place with a, like, Cubert machine in there. Pizzagate? And he grinded that machine for literally 17 hours straight to get the fucking high score, he told me. And, man, my dad's a gamer and a half, dude. It's in your blood, bro. It is in my blood. Wait, but it was just for that machine. It, uh, like it wasn't. It wasn't the world or Guinness World Record for Pac. Oh no, absolutely not. I think the Cupid record is something obscene at this point. I, I think that's like the OG like speedrunning gaming field. Is is uh, oh yeah like like point, the, point runs the point like for Pac Man and stuff. And and there's that whole yeah. controversy with like the I forgot his name, but recently the guy that got the Donkey Kong record cheated. Oh yeah, Twin Galaxies guy. Oh, Twin man. Galaxies. I don't know that that story at all. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's such an unbelievable story. You'd have to really dig deep with it. We'll have to look at that later. Um, but, yeah, no, that that's, the speedrunning is, I mean, speaking of speedrunning, that's an entirely new field. Like, playing a game as fast as possible, being the best at that. There's speedrunners that are paid, because there's the audience that wants to see that. Yeah. How fast can you beat, you know, Pac-Man, or how fast can you beat, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Do you know about Celeste? Celeste? Uh, the yeah. game Celeste? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big speedrunning game, right? They had, like, a speedrun league where people would, like, play against each other one-on-one -on -one to see who could beat the game the fastest. And then it was, like, it was like a tournament structure. And it was... I've never seen anything like that for speedrunning before. It was, it, was it, was it was mesmerizing? Yeah, it was, like... It was backed by the creators, and it was just a league for speedrunning a game you know like that's just... an entire team just for playing the entire team dedicated that's insane an entire team dedicated to playing a game as fast as possible like a whole league yeah that's yeah I... that's where this is going man that's... that's impressive dude yeah i like the idea what's something that someone could look up on youtube to find this celeste thing uh let me check i think there was an official name for it celeste league yeah the celeste premier league celeste premier league that that idea to me is unreal you know, and I, I I definitely view that that that's where it creates really the there's a, a really hard distinction like people who are passionate about video games kind of convince themselves that they're not because they can't find a crossover or a way to get involved. Yeah, I know people that are great artists and also love video games, but don't like you know like actual portrait like artists, but. You know they have a day job they also have a day job that they hate which is like most people they're like you know they're like a business analyst and then they come home and they draw and they play video games and they're miserable they're miserable during yeah. their day and then they then they go to work and and there's really not that being explored that's the exciting part about this is there's there's slowly areas opening up where there's actual industries where you can pursue what you want to do that has to do with gaming um hopefully that, yeah. hopefully that kind of puts this in a better picture um partnerships products um ej you mentioned something to me earlier today before the podcast about stakes not being high in esports oh yeah i feel like that uh this is more specific for league than uh, anything else but uh and this is a problem right make it clear that like this is an issue yeah i think that uh the current league system uh in the lts and like lec uh, LPL, LCK, stuff like that, where you have a league of like 10 
or 12 or 16 teams and then they go to playoffs you know like people most people do not care about anything that happens before playoffs people really only care about the uh, the tournament bracket playoffs and that is that is where you get a ton of viewers coming in for playoffs for worlds you know stuff like that but like normal days like lcs i think it started off getting like 200,000 views but now like it kind of breaks 50k can you explain, which is insane still, can you but... explain what the playoffs for people that don't know for league of legends competitive league of legends what does e lcs mean and like what is worlds like what is oh, lcs is the league championship series and it's for the uh north american region uh for league of legends and essentially uh they have 10 teams playing against each other uh, uh several times throughout a regular season where it's just a round robin of every single top team they end up playing like uh 27 or 30 games uh the entire time and then the top six teams go off to a playoff bracket uh where they fight for number one and that payoff bracket is very exciting because everybody loves the tournament format you know mm. where you lose and you're out it's very high stakes yeah but playoffs like everybody plays the same amount of set games uh excluding tiebreakers which might happen and tiebreakers are very exciting I will admit. But what's the issue? Don't most sports have that like boring wild card season and then playoffs like, and then people yeah. start watching? I mean, the playoffs thing is really just for uh, sponsors and investors for teams, you know? Because you don't want to invest in a team that has a chance of dropping out of like a league, you know? Yeah. Because so with franchising and stuff, like with no relegations, just the same 10 teams every single time. Uh, it's not really much stakes if it's just the same people, you know? So it's like a showcase of skill. Yeah. It's not really so much, like, uh, fighting tooth and nail or whatever you can. It's more so just, like, playing so you have your spot and then there's not really as much incentive to uh, go all out, you know? Well, well, how would you fix that problem with, you know, competitive league and esports? How would you give it stakes? <laughs> I feel like also for the Overwatch League has a similar issue where it also has a league format with like the normal season but like I feel like it's too deeply ingrained to be uh, uprooted you know because like really that's where a lot of the sponsors came into because the league offers that stability and I, I don't know how to I don't know enough about it to offer a fix without uh, ruining that deal you know <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's rough. I, I, I actually uh, really yeah. like more international events now that I think about it. With a uh, tournament, just you qualify for a tournament, like uh, like DreamHack was. You remember that? Uh, I, yeah, vaguely. But international, that's funny you mention that because in Korea, that's where league is like insane, oh, like yeah. at a level higher yeah. than any sport. League of Legends, if you go to Korea and mention League of Legends, everyone will know. Even their grandma will be like, I watch competitive League of Legends. You go to restaurants, you get a discount for being ranked a certain... I would get meals for free because I'm just amazing at the game. But That's true. You get right. You just... There's different benefits. And, and hey, I mean, it, the elephant in the room. Yes, girls will fall for you for being really good at League of Legends in Korea. So, for those of you that, that have had a, a rough season this year, head to, head to North Korea... Or not North Korea, <laughs> South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually like the idea of North Korea. They could use the help. Yeah, if hey, hey, if you want to stay there for good, then absolutely. Um, don't expect an exit pass for North Korea. 
God. I wonder if Kim Jong-un plays League of Legends. That would be cool as fuck. I would I would do it with him. God, he's probably uh he's he's probably a support for Yasuo main. I imagine he played ADC. No, no, you know, he yeah, he's a Vayne player. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. It's not even a question. Um, Vayne Lucian only. Oh, only. Only oh, okay, no. The Lucian pick, come on. Even Kim Jong-un wouldn't be that evil to pick Lucian mid. Come on. Imagine. That's that's insane. Um, but anyway, um I think the stakes are not I agree they're not high at a cultural sense level like not it's hard to identify with teams especially cuz teams move around a lot right now. But uh, last year, maybe it was last year, a year, uh, year and a half ago, there was a big landmark with gaming tournaments where, um, where Booga, if I pronounce that right, Booga or Booga, won three, a sixteen-year-old who won three million dollars yeah, through Fortnite. Fortnite, Fortnite did, yeah. and that that was insane. I mean, that, that's something that broke headlines because it's a video game. It's being, but that's like I don't like using that example when I have this discussion because that's the very tippity top of skill, yeah. when really something that everyone could get their hands on there should be avenues that at least bring interest as a fan i think being a fan of something you're part of that community you know you're part of that that field yeah something to also keep in mind the reason it's harder to get into the idea of esports as opposed to other areas like you know other sports like baseball because football because there's it's segmented by some different like competitive games there's like six or seven big dogs but you have to know the rules. Like, you can't just watch League of Legends. I mean, I feel like for shooters, it's a little easy, like CSGO. But there's not a great way to watch a shooting tournament. I don't know how they do the cameras. I think Overwatch has a really cool way to, like, for the spectator. I'm not hip to that. If someone is, then they know. Yeah. But for a game like League, where a bunch is happening on the screen at once, it's really hard for people to identify with that if they don't play. And playing yeah. League is a learning curve. That's an the understatement. Like, like, people, a lot of casual people who play games, uh, they are probably not familiar with MOBAs at all. Yeah. They probably know what FPS is, you know? Just like Absolutely. Call of Duty. Yeah. Everyone, Halo. Yeah, everyone who's under 30, if you have a girlfriend, she hates Call of Duty. Or she plays, because she, she gave in, you know? I'm not saying yeah. that girls don't play COD or games in general, but it Call of Duty is the stereotypical, when are you going to get off and, you know give me attention type of game for girls <laughs> yeah. but it's certainly like you know most people aren't going to know about MOBAs and here's the biggest problem this is for a lot of games but games that constantly update and add new characters oh yeah this is a challenge because there needs to be a way to bring new players in and not overwhelm them so by adding new characters you're adding variety so the you're keeping the current players happy but new players if you don't know what League of Legends is right now. And right now you Google LOL, you go on the website, you download the game. In order to be decently competitive and stand a chance, you're gonna have to know what one over 150 characters do that all have psychotic. that have four abilities. In addition to learning the fundamentals of the game, which for a lot of people take years. And that's still somehow the highest online played monthly game in the in the I, world. It is impressive. I'm gonna be honest. I think the learning curve for League extends beyond the game. Because when you get into League, it's sort of expected that you watch people on YouTube like uh, Tyler1, you know, or some other big streamer or YouTuber. And that also supplements you learning the game, which I think is really interesting, you know? Like getting entertained I, on Twitch? Yeah. I'm gonna, I think that, like, I learned 
like half the games that I knew from like Donkey and Civ HD when I started in like season three, you know? You brought like, up, wow, you, you brought up Donkey. I'm gonna completely derail this for 10 seconds and bring up my shameless plug. I was in a Donkey video. Donkey is my favorite YouTuber when it comes to games. And he, he used to play League. He actually kind of got popular from playing League of Legends from 2011 to 2015. So his videos are kind of viewed as like a, his League of Legends videos are viewed as kind of like a, uh, a memorial slash a museum. I'm in one of those videos. Uh, if, you, if you're hip, then you'd find that kind of surprising. Uh, just look up Escape from Plat, and I'm in the first three seconds. I'm in the I'm in the chat typing and freaking out because I'm realizing I'm playing with Donkey. That's that's my 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I mean that just shows you how much of an impact these like you know content creators can have. You learned you not only got entertained, you learned from them. Um, yeah. But l like I mentioned earlier in the in the in this discussion, having a multiple modality, everyone learns differently. I I um. God, I'm gonna sound like such a, I'm gonna sound like so, such an ego asshole. I was a psych oh. major, okay, guys. I'm gonna get out. Oh, of the way. Okay, God. relax. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 girls. Gone. Okay. Are you done? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm done. Okay, okay it's all out. Okay. I <laughs> keep going. I had a psychology degree. I have a psychology degree. I see. I'm not a major anymore. I'm a, I have a psych degree. Um, it's yeah. on all over there. I'll show it to you guys later. You'll earn that, right? But <laughs> you're like, I want to kill you right now. <laughs> um man <laughs> anyway i was i i have an interest in learning my field of focus in psychology i love neuroscience but i also love uh the, the science of learning and, and how people learn best and the reality is we're slowly discovering that people have very diverse ways of actually things sticking to them and learning so having having a, a very popular game is beneficial to you because you have many different people playing the game online if there's a game no one plays and you're trying to learn it and it's a hard game, oh, it's like, give it up. You're gonna have to experiment a lot. Um, so that's certainly that, that's a good point, EJ. Is is although it's a very high skill cap of a game, the the high learning curve can be dumbed down. But but a hundred yeah. over 150 characters, adding more, insane. And I'm gonna also have a really hot take here. This is someone. Uh, this is a problem with a lot of games. So this used to be a problem, like on Xbox Live, the good old days, like on Halo, people being oh, people being toxic and screaming and yelling. That wasn't yeah. like a big deal, because I hate to say it, there was actually charm with that. There was a lot of charm with you know hearing a twelve-year-old kid saying that um, he had intercourse with my mother and then proceeded to um, have sex with my stepsister, right? Yeah. Well, like, okay, there was no clever joke there, kid, but, you know, you're edgy and you're funny. And, I, I mean, it's funny that you're saying that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, every single slur that I got called over voice chat made me better at the game and had no <laughs> negative consequences at all. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, the haters made you stronger, man. Uh, That's true. And I, I think there was charm to that. But now there's a distancing from that, unless you play Overwatch, stuff like that. Like, voice comms are still king for most games. But look at it, like, if you play any computer games, back to League of Legends again, it's typing. And I think talking smack is still very fun. But when it gets really personal, people, like, have really fragile egos. And they'll ruin team games just because of something you typed. That's a problem you'll face anywhere else. I don't think that's actually... Oh, yeah. I don't, like, with that being said, I don't think that's inhibiting. I think punishing people... Punishing people for saying things that offend you on that game is not the move, especially if there are people who aren't saying anything in the chat but actually playing bad on purpose to make you lose. 
trolling trolling you you know yeah i think that's a bigger problem but honestly yeah. yeah i think that like chat bans and restrictions should only be limited to like very just terrible things like somebody throwing slurs you know or like threatening to kill a person you know like something less mm. than that saying like oh yeah your top laner is a little garbage like that's come on i don't that's not deserving of a ban you know yeah and i'll say that like i'll say that i have similar views on that like on facebook right because right now a really hot button topic i try i'm gonna sway from politics okay i'm gonna say one political statement and it might get people really riled up ej please oh, do not come for my throat this is going to be the only political comment on this episode maybe in the podcast ever i okay right. be very careful with your wording all right here we go okay pineapple on pizza is abhorred and Good. sacrilegious thank you thank you ej yes Oh my god. That was a coin flip. That was a coin flip with, okay. with you because I didn't know. Like, you're one of my Good. best friends. I did not know that, what I, you knew. It makes me want to vomit every single time I even oh see it. Oh my god. I'm going to be honest. And, and there's a big problem. So, I don't think my girlfriend will sit up to the podcast up in, for this moment, but she loves it. And what the fuck? And my girl, we've been together since September 2017. Um, we're really close. And we actually, I'm lucky because we don't really have act, arguments much at all. And, and we also don't compromise, you know? So there's that really good relationship, but oh my God, my heart starts to race when we talk about oh ordering, when we talk about ordering pizza, because she knows I despise pineapple and I hate the sweet texture of pineapple mixed with the savoriness yeah. of cheese. Who enjoy, how are you gonna enjoy that? You can only enjoy pineapple on its own when it's not hot. That's a hot pineapple. They warm that shit up in the oven oh. on the pizza. What, what do you mean? What yeah, do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> And well, it's not even that, you know, you, I'm sure there's things you can combine pineapple with, but that combined with the fact it's with the savoriness. Yeah. You, you ca don't catch me. Don't catch me even considering that. Even talking about it right now is getting me nauseous. But oh my God. My, my, when, when, when we talk about ordering pizza, there's tension in the room because my girlfriend knows that she's definitely going to want at least half of it to be pineapple. And I'm, oh. I'm going to have, whether I say it or not, I'm going to have a problem with it. Oh. So even on good days, if we end up ordering half a pineapple pizza, I won't even eat the whole side that's not pineapple because it's that close. Yeah. And, and I'm not being dramatic. This is a political socioeconomic issue right now. There's like carryover with the pineapple. Even getting a whiff oh. of the pineapple scent, the pineapple smells, dude. It's bad. It's, it's, it's awful. It is probably the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. The only thing worse than that is false censorship on Facebook. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but, but now that we got the politics out of the way... I agree that slurs and things of that nature should be censored on, like, like, like. I mean, if private companies can do what they want, and I think that Facebook, if there, if there's a slur, a really racial slur, it's okay to. It, it's a rough area because because then, like, if you're having a conversation with someone in person, you can't literally censor that person. Like, you can sense, you can see what they say, and then decide not to talk to them. It, it, it's rough. It's yeah. hard, and that's the whole idea because that's a really sticky territory. And the reason I mentioned that sticky territory is because that's the debate with talking smack in video games. Like, you, some people say you should be able to, but then there's the lines that have to be very yeah. manually drawn. You gotta be very I'm, careful. I'm gonna be honest. I was introducing a friend of mine to League of Legends recently, uh, and I was playing on I'm my sorry. I'm account. so sorry for him, by the way. Yeah, it, it was fucked up. But uh, but immediately, like literally, the first two games that we played. Each one had a separate person just say uh, the F word, you know, like, like the slur, you know, I can't repeat it here. I don't want to repeat it here, 
but literally their first two games, the introduction was that person just slinging it, dude. It was insane. That's that's awful. It's and and that's that's the case where you really just gotta. I, I mean, at that point, just ban them for spamming. You know? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, but 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 that's that ha this has to be addressed, EJ, because. If yeah. esports is truly growing, especially if you have more people at venues in person, and Man. and by the way, elephant in the room with problems with esports, the Smash Bros scene took a oh my god yeah it I was very this really broke my heart because I'm very EJ and I both of us because that's how me and EJ got really close in high school is we'd go to tournaments together for Smash Smash Four the worst Smash Bros yeah. and we really. I, I, my heart was broken last year when there was a lot of controversy in the Smash field of a lot of big competitors and members of the community. They it came out that you know they had they sexually assaulted people, you know, had conversations with underage people, just disgusting things that make me sick to my stomach. And this was saddening because it really the uh, field getting momentum even during COVID, a field getting momentum, it just kind of stopped in its tracks. And if we even dreamed about Nintendo, who by the way, Nintendo company that makes Smash. They don't even sponsor the professional, you know, the competitive events that for a game they made. If we thought that they weren't going to join already, now they're just getting a restraining order on the competitive Smash because yeah, because of what went down. And you guys can do your own research on what happened with the Smash community in summer of 2020 and onward. It's it's really rough, but I bring this up because this is going to be a problem again that needs a solution and. Really, for Smash specifically, it's a game that generally brings... This is why I feel like this all happened. Smash is a game that generally brings younger people. You have a, a lot of adults as well, but you have generally a younger crowd, especially because it's Nintendo. So you have a crowd, you know, you ha and you also have some of your best players being between the ages of 13. We, there was a 13-year-old 13 13 kid last year who beat the best player in the world, MK Leo. So who picked Pichu, picked up Pichu out of nowhere. But you have a field of growing, you know, a growing field with 12 to 16-year-olds who are usually the best and combine them with everyone else. So then you have, you know, so social pyramids and egos getting involved at these events where you have, you know, you have the players who are older, over 18, getting, getting, getting to know being really close with people who are underage. And it's tough because yeah. no other sport and most games aren't like this. But the cross-section, like the planets aligned of, of awfulness when you have a, a kid's fighting game get competitive and become this serious thing. And that's where the problem arises because everything else you talk about with Smash and the problems with Smash esports stems from this issue of the environment. It is a bad environment because it is inherently the market. So tackling that's rough. Yeah. I think the only thing that's comparable to what happened in the Smash scene is like what happened in at like conventions, like MA conventions in like the two uh, thousands and early twenty tens. MA conventions. Where like, yeah, where there'd just be a bunch of like people under the age of eighteen, and then people well into their thirties just interacting with each other in like hotel rooms and at like convention centers, you know. And it just also caused a bunch of gross stuff to happen there as well. It's, I. It's insane. And I think that insanity stems from another issue, which we addressed earlier. Not the gaming word. That's still, the, that's still my number one problem with esports is the gaming word. But after that, 
there's a lack of structure. And even with all of the, the tournament structures and the teams, like Cloud9, TSM, whatever, right? There's a lack of... There's not a really solid... At least with Smash Bros, not a regular... And that is partially because Nintendo doesn't sponsor it. Lack of regulatory structure, right? Yeah. And, and we don't have, if you're not held accountable for what you do, you're going to repeat the behavior. Simply put. I'm sure you know everyone knows a friend that acts shitty over and over again because they're not punished for how they acted like you know i had a roommate that i i kind of psychoanalyzed him you know call me a brit call me brita from community but i psychoanalyzed him and the reason i did is because he wouldn't clean up his trash like i wasn't the neatest person in the world but he was really bad about it he'd be very like he would be very insensitive to my stuff and everything and we were in a triple bunk too it was, it was a double room combined and meant for two people there's three people the other guy was cool but you know i talked with him not about it directly but you know i found out just from conversations that he grew up kind of a brat and growing up he wouldn't really have bad consequences for his actions like if he didn't clean up anything stuff like that that, that mentality stick with him it stuck with him but it created a bigger picture in his head it became symbolic that whatever i do or don't do it won't matter because i'll be taken care of so if there's no accountability human behavior if there's no accountability for, for you being a shitty person to someone else or not not asking for consent, being really awful as a person, and you're not immediately punished, hey, what, what's stopping you, right? Man. It's awful stuff. Um, not fun. Not a fun thing. On a lighter note, having this conversation, even talking about it really got me excited about the niches people can find. And getting and, and really seeing their story. Like, go to any YouTuber that has to do with gaming. Their story is like, yeah, I just wanted to make fun gaming content after work, and it blew up, and now I get paid, <laughs> and now I have sponsorship, and, and now I'm sponsored by Manscaped. And uh, what, what's some other really popular like companies that ask a bunch of YouTubers like, ear Audible, Ray, Ray, Audible, Raycon earbuds. Uh... That one uh, mill service, I forgot the name of it. Is, is this just mill.com or no? No, the, the food thing. Postable? Postmates? I think it was Blue Apron. Oh, I thought about it. Blue Apron. There's a lot of those. Yeah. I find people find if I don't find those ads annoying because I know that puts dinner on the table and actually allows. That's the beauty of capitalism is that allows for people to do what they want. Right. EJ. Dead you know? classic. Yeah. yeah. I, I know you have that copy of communist manifesto under your desk, so don't come at me yet. But... Well, it's on my shelf actually. So <laughs> EJ, the, you know, when we first started this, this podcast, I, I don't really know if we're ever going to dissect where you politically align. Cause you, cause you had communist. I literally saw your copy of Communist Manifesto in high school. But you're also a fan of capitalism, and I just don't know where you where to turn for you. We'll we'll cross that bridge when it becomes relevant. If you can find a way where it becomes relevant and necessary, I'll I'll, I'll say. Yeah, but when that moment comes, you're gonna be very cryptic on purpose, just to troll. It will be very funny. <laughs> it, it, it's rough, but there's there's a lot of niches. And that's what I'm, ex I'm really excited for the interviews that we're going to do on this podcast, because that's going to bring the new in, because notice how like we're, we're covering a lot of topics, but we're not really yeah. experts on any of these topics. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure EJ is in Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, um, if you ask me any question about Yu-Gi-Oh, up to the year like 2014, I'll know everything. All right. Who's the main character's name with the blonde spiky hair? 
That's Yuki. That's Yuki, dude. It's, it's, Yuki. it's Cloud Strife, you idiot. Oh my god, you're right. I'm <laughs> stupid. God, how could you forget that? Oh um, my god, I'm a fake fan. It's okay. Don't you have... EJ, you told me the other day you had your a billion dollar idea for a video game. I did. Oh, that's such a good idea. I, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, let's hear I it. Need, I need... No, I'm not going to tell you. Only if your name is Mr. Sony Executive would I tell you. Well... Well, hypothetically, you could show this audio to Sony executive. They're listening. All right, let's hear your million-dollar oh, idea. No, I will only get this. I'll only say this to, like, Sakurai or Toby Fox. It's the, the only two people who can hear this idea, dude. EJ, I'm sorry, but I, I imagine there's more people in your life than those random game makers that would want to hear your idea and they wouldn't tell anyone. I know I won't tell anyone. Here, I'll, I'll mute this part. All right, I'm ready. Okay, okay. Are you sure it's muted? Are you, are you uh, positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, okay, it's, okay, it's muted. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's muted. Okay. So this million dollar idea for the game that I have. Here we go. I'm ready. Okay. I got the coffee. I'm ready. I got my notepad. Sonic Handjob Simulator. E EJ, I don't think that market is quite there yet. No, I think it's a good idea. I think we'll print fucking money with this dude if we just get it out there get it pitched guys obviously pitched. obviously he's just that's not the real idea so we'll we'll yeah, ask him another time we'll ask him when he's in the mood he's not in the mood right now it when, we, such a good idea. when he brings up uh when he brings up inappropriate sonic ideas for his answer that means he doesn't want to answer a question okay oh, uh, yeah. i'm sorry ej i had to call you out on that because you're, you're clearly not sharing your you're not being generous with your idea here okay yeah I mean, I don't want to, it's like, if I had a million dollars, I wouldn't want to give it away to people. Are you kidding no, me? No, I get it. And if, you know, if I had an app idea, I wouldn't want to give it away either. But yeah. But what if your idea was so genius that it blew people's mind and then they just forget about it because it kind of put them in a state of shock? That's what I think. Kind of the men in black effect. Exactly. But, you know, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you slide this time, okay? Um, yeah. But you also brought up something to me that was very interesting the other day that I want to share with people who aren't aware now, yeah. not everyone just enjoys games because they're fun, period. I want to get into the real psych of this because this is why an industry grows and a lot of people don't realize. Some people who play video games casually don't understand how do people want to do this competitively and I don't understand. And then there's competitive people who are like, how can you waste time playing a video game without it counting toward a rank or your social status? So yeah. there's actually names for this. If you want to give a... I'm going to bring it up on the screen here in a second, but if you want to give a summary, EJ, while I load this. Are you talking about the uh, the types of players? The players from, types. Uh, Magic. Yeah. Magic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me pull up the page. Okay, well, I'm, about to, like, I'm about to pull it up here. Um, let me know if you see it. Is it showing up? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, I have to share it to you as well on Discord, so I'm going to do that now. Okay, okay. Um, here we go. This is just for, uh, oh wait, actually, I can, this is even, e we'll make this even easier. I can actually share my screen here. Yeah. Here we go. Now you should see it on Discord. Let me know if you do. Oh, I do, I do, I do. Okay. So essentially, uh, there are different types of players. And describe it, by the way, sorry to interrupt, just in case someone's listening to only audio, just make sure to describe it pretty well. Yeah. So, basically, there are just three major player archetypes identified that can be further broken down into, like, sub-archetypes. But uh, the big, big ones, uh, there's, like, a, a person who's, like, a Timmy when they play a game. And a Timmy is just somebody who likes to do 
very big. There's three types of bears. gamers, right? There's the Timmys, yeah. the Johnnies, the Johnnies, and the Spikes. And, and the and, Spikes. And, and when I first heard this, I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" This this uh, this was created for the game Magic the Gathering, but for yeah. all video games, anything interactive, these are the three like personality type tests for mm-hmm. for what kind of player you are. So, what were you saying about Timmy? Yeah, Timmy's just want to do big stuff, the big simple things that are just very, very impactful, very flashy, you know? Like, landing a Falcon Punch. Like, they pick Captain Falcon, just go for the nade, go for the punch, go for, like, a Ganon up tilt, you know? Just something big and dumb, and just one hit, one kill is very, very Timmy adjacent, you know? Uh, and then there are Johnnies, who, when they see a game, want to interact and dig as deep into the game as they can, and they come up with their own strategies, you know? Like, they were a creative. Add their own like personal take... touch. They don't want to do, do the copy and paste yeah. strats. They want to do stuff that's really unique. Like, they find a weird strategy with a high tier. They try to lap out a mid or low tier character to see if there's anything there, you know? They really want to play the game on their own terms, you know? Mm. And then there's a third type known as, like, a, a spike. And spikes just want to play the game as good as they can. They want to play the best character and do the most optimal thing all of the time, you know? The tryhards, some the people most would say. Yeah. The tryhards. First of all, I hope we don't get demonetized because there was an underwear ad with a big dude um, with uh, under- underwear. Um, but anyway. You like that? Um, yeah, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm not even going to censor it because I just love it so much. <laughs> anyway, nice. I'm, I'm joking. Anyway, um, something that stuck out to me, first of all, Timmy, that, that's, that, those are the players for games that like things that are really flashy. But there's another very specific one that kind of resonated with me a little bit. And uh, God damn it, I hate this word, like I said, but they're social gamers, okay? Yeah. Um, now, you, some people might know people like, about, like this. They thrive on the social aspect of a game. I know you mentioned that earlier, EJ, because you said you got into Smash Brothers because of these tournaments that were social. Or after oh, yeah. you're done, you can still talk to people who are there in person at the venue. Um, yeah. Their only interest is interacting with their friends. So it's multiplayer variants of games. And for me, uh, so I lived, I lived in a fraternity house for two years. And we, had a, we, we all shared a, a, like a Wii U and then eventually a Switch for Smash Bros. And, and you know, even after parties sometimes, we'd have like 30 people watching, like eight-player Smash. It was insane. Um, but... Obviously, I took Smash, you know, I took competitive Smash pretty seriously, like, in college, so I would, I would, uh, whip someone's ass blindfolded if I wanted to, just because most people, like, wouldn't really play the game, like, they would play it, but they never actually tried to learn and get good. There were only, like, two or three yeah. people in the fraternity that did pretty okay, um, but it's funny, because six of them did think they did okay, so if they're listening to the podcast, they're probably like, oh, that's me, that's me, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, I was a good gamer, yeah. I was a god gamer. Exactly, I was, I was the best, um, uh, but... Shout out to Jordan. He's going to get so pissed. But for me, funny enough, I, re- I didn't realize I was really this social of a gamer until, god damn it, that's so cringy. <laughs> we had, <laughs> we, uh, my friend, my friend Cal, I, I, came up to, I came up to visit JMU uh, a few months ago. And I, you know, it's my first year as an alumni. So I came back to one of my friend's apartments and we were reminiscing on Smash. And Cal was like, yeah, man, you would kick everyone's ass. You played so well. I was like, yeah, 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 man. I, I was like, I love Ness. You know, Ness is my favorite character. And then he's like, he looks at me puzzled. He's like, Ness, you play DK, my guy. You play Donkey Kong all the time. I was like, I never picked DK, did I? And then I thought way back. I was like, wait a second. 
whenever I was in a room with 10 or more people, I would always pick the big flashy characters that I wasn't very good at. <laughs> but but it created like this. And so I got a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. I was so passionate about smashing the game. I wanted people to get interested. So I wasn't going to pick boring characters. Although a little boy with magic powers is still interesting. But, you know, big Donkey yeah. Kong is more interesting. And then I would also pick play characters like Pac-Man. So it's very interesting to think that I actually made those choices because I thought it would attract people more. And it didn't, it didn't hit me until he was like, yeah, you're a DK main, bro. And, I was, and then I smiled and I was like, yep, I was the DK main. You got it. <laughs> you're not wrong there. Um, and then, of course, adrenaline gamers, which really love the unpredictableness of stuff. Um, They're just the real perverts of people who play games. I'd say know? junkies are better. Yeah. They're, they're, it's like slot machine effect. Like, just nasty, gross, mm. just kind of unwashed, unkempt people. <laughs> hey, man, you got some real chads still that, that are adrenaline gamers. I would relax with that, okay? I mean... <laughs> like you, you're a, you're a chad, obviously. I'm a little bit of a chad. I'm kind of a chad. Just kind of a chad. Um, well, this, the... So, by the way, for those that don't know, adrenaline gamers, they, they love the variance of a game. Especially card games and stuff like that. Even poker, because you can't really predict and they love the stuff that like sometimes works sometimes doesn't that you know that's that's the part of you i mean that's the part of your brain that really gives you the reward is the uncertainty of getting a reward um this is like variable versus those of you that took a basic site class know it variable versus fixed intervals right for they, they actually did a study on on birds which applied to humans um they had like birds doing four different types of uh I'll just, to simplify the study, I'll just put it into two. There was one bird that would receive a, a treat every five seconds if he pucked his beak every five seconds at the button. There was another bird that would get less treats, but it was inconsistent. It wasn't, by the way, their pecking would do nothing, but the, the second bird, he would get treats at a random interval. So, so it would be seven seconds, and then it would take 10 seconds, and then sometimes it'd be two seconds. It was completely random. And by the way, when I say their beaks did nothing, that just means it gets the next interval. So the bird actually pecked more who would do the inconsistent variable than the one that just got the repeat expected, even though that bird was getting more. Inconsistent, un uncertainty brings a lot of motivation for behavior, which is really interesting to think about, especially with people who are hooked on games. Yeah. A lot of the times find that, it, it, I hate to say it, but you know, like a, a team game, like League of Legends, like taking the risk of getting good or bad teammates. Because <laughs> when you get good teammates, it feels good, but it's inconsistent. Um, yeah. So there's the there's the Timmys, the Johnnies. What would you say uh, you are, EJ, of these different of the Spike? Are you a Spike, Johnny, or Timmy? I mean, I think I'm a bit of a bit of a Johnny, a little bit of a Johnny, kind of a Johnny here. You like doing unique stuff. Yeah. Certainly. This stuff's really interesting, and, I, and I'm curious to see what other people say that their personality is. Um, I have a friend who plays League of Legends, you know who you are, um, who really struggles with getting better at the game. But it's not because he's necessarily bad or doesn't refuse to improve. It's because there's over 150 playable characters that do different things on that game. And instead of really focusing and getting good at two or three characters, he gets bored. It's called a diversity gamer. And wants to experience a bunch of different characters and try new things. It's like if you're exploring oh. career fields, and instead of focusing down on sales or focusing down on um, like medical science or being a doctor, you just 
try a bunch of new career fields your whole life. You know, that's what you do your whole life, which would be cool. I mean, you want to try new things until you find what you want, but that's the idea of this. And, that, and that's where a lot of people struggle too with improvement. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm going to make sure that we're streaming back. Back to reality. There we go. Wait, Josh, why does it say you're live on Twitch? Does it? No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> there is two options on OBS. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, we're, we might be posting these on Twitch soon. No, I would be getting people DMing me because, you know, I have a massive following of 136 followers. So That's true. That's yeah, I, I'm insane. So, so I'd get one person saying, oh, my God, Josh. Anyway, so I also wanted to cover, now that we kind of got those arcs out of the way, now it's time for my favorite segment. All right, baby, y'all aren't ready. Gaming in the news. Here we go. Gaming in the news, we're, in addition to having interviews, we're going to discuss what's happening in the field of esports. Get down to the nitty-gritty. Have those real difficult and fun conversations. Today is going to be a little less fun. First up, we got uh, the Blizzard Activision workplace uh -oh. conflict right now because today is July 29th, and this is still uh, 2021, and this is still very relevant. Um, uh -oh. So do you have that article still, EJ? Uh, not currently. I can find it again. Uh, let's see here. Blizzard, Activision, because there were some despicable things, for those that don't know, Blizzard Activision is getting sued by the state of California because of their disgusting, awful workplace practices, like, sex, like sexual harassment, not paying them well enough. Um, some of this stuff, this is just a trigger warning, it's going to get really rough. Um... I want to find a good summary article. Um, let's see. There, there's two things. There's an article here, and there's a Twitter thread. They're apparently doing a strikeout tomorrow. Uh, I think that's today. Was oh, that today? Yeah. So, did you find anything yet? Uh, yeah, I found this one clip. This isn't the article exactly, but it's a, uh, it's a clip from uh, BlizzCon 2010 where they had an open Q&A. And uh, this woman like went up and asked them a question, like, can you make female characters that are like actually wearing clothing and are not objectified? And then they just looked at her and then Everybody on the panel just, like, joked her and then laughed at her expense, you know? It's like, damn. So, let's see here. Um, I want to find the, of course, I'm not finding it right now. We can talk about this later. But if you look it up, there's some really messed up stuff. There's a girl at one point who actually committed suicide because she was harassed by a higher up. Like, they had a relationship going and it was, wasn't handled well. I don't know if that was like the exact reason. Maybe she had mental health issues, but she she committed suicide. There's they apparently there was a, a bro you know, this is tossed around the term the bro culture, but they would literally go around the office like checking out girls, like drinking blizzardly, oh, yeah. uh playing call, call of duty nonstop, and the girls weren't paid as much as the guys just because um it's it's nasty. It's disgusting and it's finally coming to light. 
there's some really specific stories that you can find on your own. Um, Man. Why why is this so prevalent, EJ? This has happened a lot, like, at Riot Games in the past. It's happened at um, Square Enix. Why, why is this so prevalent, do you think? I mean, honestly, just women get shit for being involved with anything, you know? It's weird. And especially in, like, a male-dominated workplace, it's just you magnify that effect and it's just it's just terrible dude yeah that, that's right that kind of makes me think about it's just magnified human behavior because natural unfiltered primal human behavior is you're going to be degrading to woman and you're going to do whatever helps you survive even if it's I mean, not I don't, ethical i don't think that's ingrained human behavior but it's definitely like reinforced by just the world that we live in I think, yeah, yeah, that's man. true. Let me let me rephrase that because I, you know, not to get into philosophy, I think people are inherently good because social survivability and making relationships allows you to pass on your genes, right? That's a trait that is inherently in humans. However, a majority of people don't feel fully fulfilled in life, right? That's just a reality because people have dreams and it's really hard to fully achieve dreams. And a lot of people, whether you have bad parents or bad experience, you have some problems with your ego and you don't you feel kind of you know everyone's insecure to an extent that's totally natural and when you have a certain level of insecurity instead of having that social aspect of wanting what's good for others you want to put others down that's kind of how i view the reason for bad human behavior and this also applies to crime is because you're insecure and you don't feel fully complete in your ego and that's that's where you see the you know the workplace blizzard problems because at the workplace, you just have a lot of conflicts because running a company is hard. And it's very stressful, right? Especially in, like, I feel like, you know, game, video game development and stuff. So I, I, it makes a lot of sense, and, it, and I think it sucks. I think, but it's the perfect storm. It's just unchecked. Also, larger companies, you know, Blizzard and Activision combining, you know, EJ, larger companies, you have worse things happen. You have worse labor, yeah. labor practices. Um, but that stuff is awful and it's interesting to see um kind of the opposite with the nintendo smash thing where the smash scene is acting up you don't hear much controversy about nintendo as a company how they treat their employers right is there some stuff with nintendo uh no it's mostly how they treat consumers that is where all the uh, nintendo dramas at yeah yeah it's it's pretty interesting how if you upload something like fan like if you spend like 30 years making like a mario fan art thing on or some a fan video on youtube nintendo's like nah just take it down <laughs> they're yeah, super like, strict they drive to your house and then kill you with their own two hands yeah if Reggie himself does that oh my god if your if your kid has a mario plushie nintendo's gonna send you a um a cease and persist letter in the mail <laughs> it's gonna come in and then uh the kid's going to come pick up the letter. He's going to hear a knock on the door and SWAT team's going to come in. It's just a Mario plushie sliding to the side. <laughs> that, like, Nintendo does not mess around. Yeah. Um, they. One thing you got to know about Nintendo is they hate their fans. Shout out to Sega because, you know, historically, Sonic and Mario used to have rivalries, so people naturally make that comparison. Sega loves their fans. There's so many, like, Sonic the Hedgehog fan games out there that weren't made with Sega's behalf. If there was a Mario fan game, or I know there was like a Metroid reboot made by a fan that like actually got taken down, season for Yeah. 
a bunch of Sonic fans got together a few years ago. They started development. They made a fan game. Sega saw it and they loved it and hired them to make a new Sonic game. And you can look up that game now. It's called Sonic Mania. Dude, I remember when that game launched. I was at your place and you played it at yes. midnight. And the chemical zone. Oil game. ocean. Oh, <laughs> Dude, I when you got to the boss it, on that stage, you I lost my goddamn mind. Dude, that game's hard as shit, but it it was it was magical. It was magical because that's how you do run up. That's running a video game company the right way, listening to the fans. And hiring the really good fans that know their shit and know what people want. I don't know why that's not done more often. Hire yeah. the fans that know what make games good. Or make a show funny. You know? Yeah. It, it, I, I, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of risk with hiring people outside of a circle or bubble, sure. But it, it, there's great results. I think Son the game Sonic Mania, everyone should play it. That's an example of how to run a game company and find the right people is look through your look at your market what do the what does the market like what is the fan base like um and that that's really how you do it um there was another there's another news thing i want to talk about um riot games so we talked earlier about people who are socially influenced riot games are coming out with this social board leadership feature Oh man! That allows you. Imagine for any game, you have a friends list. Now, some already do this, where it compares how well you're doing against other friends. But this one's gonna actively track it and then send you notifications and reminders about like friends getting in front of you, you falling behind compared to your friends. That's some. I'm already motivated by like my friends getting better than me. Now my real insecure side's gonna be like, hold up, no. It's like I'm about to start out like. A project or do something for work and then i see nope can't let him beat me yeah dude there's one thing i hate more is my friends become just becoming better than me at something you know uh, i it, cannot it, get surpassed I, yeah well it really depends on the thing i i think it depends on how much pride you have on something or how much you enjoy something i it, it there really is for me it's it really is rough to see like something i thought i was really good at um, but then someone just overtakes it really quickly. Like, natural talent versus learned skill. Yeah. That's some rough stuff. Um, we were also going to cover dream drama. I know you guys really are dying to hear dream drama. Okay? Oh, Th yeah. This is going to become a dream drama podcast, okay? Yeah. I mean, a famous Minecrafter, at, we find out he cheated on a speedrun. This is... Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Dream cheated. Yeah. He cheated. Oh my god. Oh, but but unfortunately, I'm really sorry, guys, but we're not going to cover that because our time limit is coming up here soon. We don't have a time limit, but I'm hungry, and so is yeah. DJ probably. But I'm well, also hungry. Speaking of hunger, what we're going to do before we wrap up today's episode, we are going to, first of all, just an announcement, our second episode is going to be airing Monday on August 2nd, I believe, and it's going to have a special guest. Uh, Nick, the founder of Flyer. We'll talk more about that. Excited for that. That's going to be our first interview. But EJ and I put together a fast food tier list. And I know I wouldn't bring up politics again outside of the Pineapple and Pizza thing, but things are going to get really heated here because we love our fast food, but I have a feeling we love it in very different ways. And we actually, we have not seen each other's tier list. I'm about to put it on the screen. Trigger warning for some of you, okay? Are we ready? 
So please show me your fucking list. I want to erase the fuck out of it. EJ's got Pitchfork ready already. We got to relax, guys. So we're going to do... Um, I'm wondering... I'm going to see how both of them look side by side. If we can't see both at the same time, we'll do... All right, here we go. So this is mine. Okay, th this should work. This is mine. And this is EJ's. On the right. Left is mine. EJ's is mine. It is... Uh, left is mine. EJ's is right. Uh, where's, where's your list? I can't see it. Uh, let me check uh, OBS to see if that's... Wait, no, that's on OBS. Oh, I'm not streaming... Um, Wait, I should. Okay, yeah. I have to share to you. Can you drop it? No, no, I'm, I'm gonna share my screen um, to you now. Bet bet. Because I just put it on OBS. Now you see it, EJ. All right, you're on the right, EJ. So, so, so let's talk. Um, oh my god. I, I want to just talk about my big daddy S tier right here. Cookout is the best. If you have the four corners or four pillars of what makes a fast food place great, Cookout does everything in strides. Value. You're not going to be paying more than 10 bucks for your whole meal, and it's going to feel great. Variety. You have, there's so much to get. If you're in the mood for barbecue, onion rings, corn dogs, hot dogs, quesadillas, they do everything. Quality. You know, there's no good in having variety without it really being good, and cookout is pretty damn good. It's not the best tasting food in the world. They're not perfect experts on each of their variety, but there's enough variety and value to make up for it. And, of yeah. course, convenience. They have great service. And their lines are usually efficient from what I've seen. I, I really got a lot of exposure to cookout in a very populated college town with a lot of drunken high people. Um, not disclosing if I was one of those. I plead the fifth. But cookout yeah. was an experience of a lifetime. No better way to end the night of random escapades than to go to cookout at 3 a.m. and seeing that line out the window. Cookout is magical. It provides value. It's amazing. What about you, EJ? Explain your Taco Bell pick here. Uh, Taco Bell is... Uh... I mean, it's fucking Taco Bell. What do you mean? It's always there for you. It'll pick you up when you're down, dude. You know, it's just, it's just the ultimate homie. Also, Baja Blast. Is Baja Blast a, a number one slot maker for you? Uh, well, it edges it out over the other stuff in S tier. You know, without the Baja Blast, would it still be an S tier? Like at the end, it would. It would. It'd still be an S tier, yeah. It'd be a lower in the S tier, though. What do you? Wait, can we talk about? Hold on, I just what? want to talk about why you have Panera at the top of A tier. That's a very bourgeoisie pick. I just want you to know. Panera, we're talking quality. Okay. I don't care about the stories of the mac and cheese being frozen and then microwaved and given to you because it's good as shit. What isn't microwaved and given to you in any of these choices? Okay, well, most of the time. But Panera's quality. Panera is okay. generally healthy. There's a lot of good healthy. You're not going to get a good health, at least a decent healthy option at most of these other places. And I define healthy as high vitamins, lower than usual calories, lots of greens, lots of options. Their, their salad slap, their, their mac and cheese bread bowls absolutely slap. Oh, my um, God. It, it would be higher if the price wasn't a little overbearing. Um, but there's really no complaints about Panera. C tier? Yeah. Why? Panera Bread is not a friend. Panera Bread would stab you in the back if it were a person. You cannot trust Panera Bread. What did Panera Bread do to you? A soup bowl costs $30. It's insane. I can't believe it. It's just the price? Yeah. Also, the butternut squash soup is really fucking bad and tastes like dog shit. 
I, you know, this is, this is going to be a real, that's a real tough subject for me, man. Cause I like, I, I can't relate to the butternut squash thing. You know, there's a chance Panera could be location dependent, but dude, no, Panera slaps. You are crazy for putting that in C. Put that high B yeah. at least, bro. I, dude, if, I there's not $30, what $30 bread bowl. Yo, by the way, Panera Consumi, you can get drinks for free there. Just order on the kiosk and take a cup. You're, they're not going to yeah. charge you. No, dude, dude, I know somebody who works at Panera Bread and they stopped giving out cups. They, they had to stop that. Oh, but are they going to start doing that local? How long ago was that? Uh, this was like months ago. Also, uh, he was telling me that he sold just grilled cheeses with the shitty cheese for 11 fucking dollars. And I could not believe it. It, it was insane. Jeez. It's highway fucking robbery, dude. All I right. can't believe it. Well, well, you know what, EJ? I'm, there's something we can agree on. We play Sonic exactly the same. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But look, look at do. that. You know, you know sometimes... What? I do like me some Sonic. Some Sonic? <laughs> yeah, some Onic is great. It really brings people together. You know, it, it'll solve the Middle East conflict. It'll do everything. Sonic is awesome. That's true. Um, it's great. You know, the chili dogs are great. I, th I think it's where it is in the tier list just because the above choices do so much better. And, wow, Carl's Jr. A tier? Yeah. Not a lot of fast food places got uh, got mushroom Swiss burgers, dude. You can't get a lot of mushies. Oh, can't. Wait, why the fuck do you have Arby's in A tier? Arby's like is art. Oh my god, oh my Arby's. God. No, dude. No. Okay, I'm. Your mouth reading with no Hey, hey, hey. Oh hey let, me defend my, let me uh, defend myself here for, on the stand real quick. All right. Okay. Arby's, they don't have that much variety. And sure, some people could sometimes find it a little greasy. It's I, very greasy. What's really the. Comp I'm not very. I'm going to have to ask you. The sauce what the, is bad. The sauce is bad. You're not going for the sauce. They'll add cheese on the roast beef and it's already delicious. Cheese and roast beef is also better. And 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 I don't and I don't know what sauce you're talking about. Whatever comes with the roast beef sandwich is delicious. Okay. Oh my god. Now Arby's, I will say the variety is not that great, but what they do great roast beef, they nail it. They nail the roast beef sandwich. Curly fries. Oh my god. Some, I hate. No. Most fast food places, I will actually not eat all the fries because fries are overdone and they're like, it's fries have to be really good for me to eat all the fries. Me personally. And Arby's curly fries, man, that shit slaps. You're, you are an insane person. I'll take normal fries over curly every single day of the week, dude. You're insane. Well, is, it, is it the what is it the, the seasoning on curly fries you don't like? Is, I don't. I don't like seasoning because it fucks it up when you put it in ketchup. You can't put those curly you fries can, in though. ketchup. Yeah, but they taste bad then because the seasoning fucks it. You're just a bad. You're just a bad person, person, and you're morally unright. I am a bad person, but I'm right. I'm a bad person, but I'm right. Uh, you're, you're a chaotic evil. I'll take it. it this means is, I can have freedom. My guy, I think we've had a great conversation episode here. I don't know our path forward, man. Putting Carl's mm. Jr. in A tier? Yeah. What the hell, EJ? Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> do it again. No. Listen, I, let's find some more common ground. Um, all right, our McDonald's is a little off. Um, I want to hear about why you put KFC in E tier. Oh, it's terrible. Worst food I've ever, I've ever had by a lot. Very bad. Very bad. KFC has some also, great sides. I went to the bathroom inside of a KFC, uh, and there was just shit on the floor. Like, somebody pooped on the floor at the KFC, and it was left there. 
Well, I think they missed the toilet because they were aiming for your tier list, which was on the floor on a oh paper form. God. Yeah, I think that's what really happened. Because if you're putting KSC in the E tier list, bro, oh at least, because like I understand, like that's why I put it in C because at the be up top of C because like you know their entree chicken isn't the best, but they have amazing sides and their pot, chicken pot pie. Oh my god, their chicken pot yeah. pies, so good. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, you are an insane person. Subway's pretty bad because all the shit doesn't really have a taste and it all tastes the same. Like, you can get completely different yeah. sandwiches. Their tuna's not actually tuna. Did you know about that? No, I did not. What is oh, it? Oh, yeah, no. It's just, uh, it's just like candy wrappers and uh, tears. Jesus Christ. Candy wrappers yeah. and tears? My God. Yeah. Well, there's one more place I want to bring up here. One more topic of conversation because I know we're really exhausted from this heated political battle. Wendy's in the middle of C tier? It's not great. What's not great? <laughs> it's not great. Wendy's is the definition of, like, I'll put it in the trashy fast food category, but it's amazing. Quality like and variety. Overpriced? I like, no, no, I like the fries. Oh. The, the fries is fine. I like the fries, but the sandwiches are not. They're kind of dry. I won't lie. Baconator is pretty lubricated from what I tasted. That's probably a bad word to use. But for well, that. it's lubricated from the grease and uh, the mayonnaise. Uh, not, not necessarily. Look, I put it in S tier because of this. I, I will yeah, say, my, I, I will say this. This was not a personal experience. My, my girlfriend. This was a uh, Wendy's near our school. She got food poisoning from the four for four. Um, and we haven't. Hey, listen. I'm. She's gonna be so pissed if she hears me. I. I'm not going to say that we even know it was Wendy's definitively. For all we know, she could have eaten something else or it was just some virus that or sickness. Oh okay. But okay. we, I mean, she, we, we, she now never eats Wendy's. She associates the sickness from Wendy's. And uh, that's all I'll say. But it does what Cookout does almost as good as Cookout. Not quite. Just because of those very few out of 100 experiences, two of them weren't great. But Wendy's is bomb. It has variety. It's it's so reliable when it comes to if you're in the mood for chicken nuggets, if you're in the mood for a baconator, if you're in the mood they, they have those their new products are pretty good. The, there's the pretzel mozzarella cheese sandwich, which sounds like a heart at, heart attack, but it's good. It's damn good. I mean, I don't hate I don't hate Wendy's. I don't have beef with Wendy's, but I don't think it's great. I don't love it. I just find it hard to believe you would put McDonald's over Wendy's. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's is better than Wendy's. I don't know what you want me to Mc say. Mc McDonald's quality of food is not great, man. I, I don't really understand the hype. And Hey, I just had the BTS meal, and it was it was, it was pretty good. Oh, but bad. I, wait, never mind. BTS meal, S tier. How do I drag it? Oh, yeah, yeah, fix, fix that shit. Okay, okay, S tier. Thank you, <laughs> S tier. Oh, one last thing I want to tell people that uh, pop the reason why Papa John's... Where is Papa John's on here? Yeah. The reason I placed that so low... Wait... Cannot comment on due to controversy. Well, I was going to say that Papa John's is low because ever since Papa John's left the company, they actually changed the recipe for the worst to make it easier. I, I, I am literally not allowed to talk about Papa John's in any capacity. Okay. It's a, it's a brand liability. So I can't. It is. Yeah, it is a brand liability. We'll keep that on wraps. And the same thing you can't do for Chick-fil-A or Burger King, right? Yeah. Fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, that's that's our view. And if you don't like it, then um, complain to EJ because no one's ever gonna complain about my list. My list is perfect. Okay. But um, with all of that being said, that wraps up the episode. Um, Wait, you have Little Caesars in oh, fucking shit. E? Oh my god. Little Caesars is what you get if you're buying P 
pizza for an event you don't care about and you want to fill the tables with pizza. Oh my god. Like, what universe, what universe is that not the case? No, no, like, Little Caesars, I talk to Little Caesars himself, he's my friend personally, and he'll be your friend too if you just talk to him. He's the friendliest guy you'll ever meet. I think and that was a, I think that was a home, I think that was a homeless drug dealer behind Little Caesars he met once. Are you sure that wasn't the case? Oh my, oh my god. That, that's all that's all I'm saying. But uh, okay, stop sharing. Now is it going to show my screen? Perfect. All right. That's about it, guys. Um EJ, EJ, what 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 are you looking forward to on the podcast the most, man? What's what's got you excited? I'm looking forward to you know. Oh yeah, we can't talk about it yet. Yeah, I've, I've, no, I've no idea what he's. I have no idea what he's talking about, but it's it'll get people excited. No, 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 no. We're, we're gonna have to censor that. You, you said you said that that's inappropriate. We're gonna have to censor that because yeah, because it involves a beloved IP and something inappropriate. So <laughs> I'm totally yeah. joking. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited, and um, I would say if anyone got value from this podcast, I hope you did, especially the conversations about the industry, but. There's always going to be avenues, and they're expanding. If you're in, if you love video games, you love esports, opportunities are out there, and we're gonna show you from with the people. Um, but all you gotta do is, you know, give it a shot. If you if you've always wanted to make content, if you've always wanted to explore the industry, there's about to be money in this thing real soon, and I'm excited. So, um, thanks for listening to Modality. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Bees. He's bees, aka thousand bees, aka the ind- independent variable, aka all that stuff. We'll see the you next. Unseen and the unheard. And seen on the, on the unheard until he gets a webcam. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time, have a good one, everyone. Peace. Later.